0: Hello folks, Tyler here. We're looking to do a big surge on iTunes. We really want to push the old iTunes, you know, get us up the charts a bit, because I know you lot are lovely and supporting all over. Um, So if you fancy it, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, make sure to leave a five-star review and a couple of lovely words as well, just to uh, you know help us up a bit more and get that extra bit of support. Thank you very much. Come to
1: Uncle Mo's for
0: family fun. It's good, good,
1: good, 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 good. Mm, sounds good.
0: Hello, and welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback, where we look through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows, and the creamy middles of The Simpsons Seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. I'm, of course, your host, Tyler Gray, and joined with me is a returning guest. Now, um, I mean, the very last time we um, spoke on the podcast and had him on to review an episode there, we weren't in this current, you know, hellfire global incident that we're now dealing with. But, um, funny enough to say that, um, this man's become an essential worker. He's, uh, one of the true heroes now, uh, with what's currently going on. And I know he's going to cringe and hate this, but I'm bigging him up as much as I can there. Um, you know, he's one of my good friends there. Um, college course, whatever university, Quidditch He's a man of many tricks there. It's good to have Danny Birdsall back on the podcast. Thanks for coming on again, Danny.
1: I am cringing quite a bit. I'm not... Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not, uh, not that accepting of mean, mean call old heroes so and we're like, well, oh, we'll save that for the doctors and things. I just I just work in a shop.
0: Yeah. Um I'd uh, clap, but I feel like it wouldn't be that effective. What's it like, quote, on the front line? Are you wearing masks? Are people being socially distant?
1: I like to wear a mask, but nobody ever follows the rules, because customers already yes
0: yeah not to um specify exactly where you work in that but um i'm always intrigued are you one of those that's um zipping those um food items through the tills as quick as you can yep pretty much oh wow yeah so it's it's part of the method as well okay i i thought that was just bullshit but apparently yeah it's um (laughs) part of the regimen okay
1: Yeah, and as soon as Boris said that we have to rely on the common sense of the British public, that's how I knew we were fucked.
0: And the episode we're going to be reviewing today is Children of a Lesser Claude, from season 12, episode 20, directed by Mike Polcino, written by Al Jean, with the original air date being May the 13th, 2001, and the couch gag is The Simpsons are all a bunch of crash test dummies, and they'll get slammed into the TV there. Um, Now, as I always say with everyone who comes onto the podcast, Danny... Well first of all, Danny, um I'm sorry. <laughs> I do apologize. Oh, Jesus folks. Strap in here, folks. Um yeah, I didn't realise it it was how it was, um reviewing this and rewatching it again, but I'll get the admin out of the way. Any nostalgic memories or uh previous memories from this or in your childhood?
1: Uh not not beyond the extent of the regular simpsons nostalgia i do remember seeing this episode quite a lot as a kid so even rewatching it uh didn't actually surprise me in any way apart from thinking oh okay i was just so much easier to entertain as a child if i thought this was good enough
0: i'm trying to think the first time we'd watch this um might have been when we briefly had sky and i was able to watch all the brand new stuff or maybe it was season 11 but um i'm totally with you dan um there's a lot of stuff that I hate and I don't laugh at now that uh, you know seven eight year old Tyler definitely um found funny and definitely didn't uh, understand at the time there but we'll get into the um, pitfalls of this episode um, straight away as we open up um, we get the Springfield YMCA uh, reopening again and you know it's nice you can try all the free trials and all the courses you want and then you know you can start the subscriptions uh, and come back. And, you know, gets a big laugh from the audience. (laughs) I know, Um, you you know, we know you won't be back there. So, you know, oh, wow. Um, Strong start, folks. What's the saying? Uh, Start as you mean to go on there. And, um, I mean, it's just not the greatest of starts. We also get um, Burns and Grandpa having a bit of a pick up, a bit of one-on-one with basketball, with a solid um, basket net in there. and Them having to retrieve it from the peach basket. We get a big um, Russian stereotype as well, about to do the gymnastics but you know ooh, he's he's so angry there shouting at children but you know he's got to go to his anger management there because he just can't deal with it and before we get to the first of many shy, problematic horrible scenes Danny I mean what did you think of the, how it starts?
1: So this is one of the bigger writing tropes of this type of era of the Simpsons is they love to open with a set piece a, a completely disconnected story to the actual plot of the episode And honestly, I've always kind of had a soft spot for it when they just go to these type of activities Where you get to see members of the Springfield community interact It makes it feel much more alive as a city and seeing everyone partake in all these new hobbies In this particular case, it's not very good. They really They don't do anything interesting with this scenario and a lot of the jokes they tell are just the very standard jokes Mr. Burns is old, Carl's black, Groundskeeper Willie is Scottish
0: well, you say uh, Lenny's black there. We have them, um, Bart, you know, going around the YMC. No, no, remember, see...
1: Carl's the black one. Homer has it written in his hand. Carl equals black, <laughs> Lenny equals white.
0: <laughs> oh, I tell you what, I need this more, Danny. Please remind me of um, better episodes. It's the Only way I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get through this one. Oh, even the opening but... of
1: this episode made me think of better ones when they do the crash test dummies. I just wanted a German automobile salesman to come up and go, this exhibit is closed. <laughs> yeah.
0: But speaking of stereotypes, we have, uh, I'm not even going to go there. We just have a black gentleman um, speaking in uh, certain lingo saying,
1: Yo, boy, this class is tight. You go from slopper to proper.
0: Cool. (gasps) Welcome to my etiquette class. The proper young man. But the black man said, are you accusing my husband of misleading you? God oh, gracious, I should bust a cap in your ass. Have a guess, uh, Danny. Do you think they got someone of uh, African-American uh, to play this role? I'm going to guess no. And um, how very relevant
1: in the news is that?
0: Oh, yes, you're right. It's never, ever been more relevant, folks. There. Um, um, Yeah, please, Danny, do you break the specific news of The Simpsons with us.
1: Yes, with The Simpsons and a lot of
0: television shows are saying they will no longer cast...
1: Uh, white actors in in the roles of people of colour. To which everyone on the internet responded, good lord, we just want to defund the police. Stop with this nonsense.
0: I'm glad it's happened, but do you think it's too late? Could have been done sooner? Is the damage done now, Danny? What are your thoughts?
1: I honestly think, in terms of The Simpsons, nobody cares. And especially when it comes to the idea of voice actors portraying people well, of different backgrounds. That's always been more of a grey area for me than, say, in live action. I mean, hell, you think of, even in The Simpsons, like, Bart is played by a middle-aged woman. Clearly, in the realm of voice acting, I believe there are different rules over who can
0: play what kind of role. Well, where do you stand with, well, obviously, Hank Azaria, the part was going to go to someone else, but he did, you know, that voice in the writer's room and got a big laugh, and they ended up going with it because it made Sam Simon laugh in the writer's room, but Grainum was against it, but it happened. I mean, what do you think as far as non-POC people doing uh, those voices? Because they get Azaria doing all sorts of nations and races throughout these seasons.
1: I mean, the whole point of this segment here is that they're trying to make a character that is so overblown stereotype, just so they can have that contrast of having a posh woman then uh, say the exact same type of dialogue.
0: I just don't like the line of Bart just going and saying, Oh, but the black man said, yeah. and I just yeah, I that is want a weird to think line. Of Bart as a racist, even though he's ten and his mind's
1: not fully formed. No, it's okay. He's allowed to say that. Remember, he's like one sixteenth black or whatever they retcon in like season twenty seven or whatever. Wait, that was a thing. Oh, oh yeah, they have a they have an episode where it's revealed. That... Oh wait,
0: was it like a Roots parody? Yeah. Oh wait, I do remember that now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so you know, it's fine for Bart to talk
0: like that. So we're coming up now to, you know, a bit of five-on-five there, a bit of pick-up basketball, and they're busy picking teams there. And this is where we get uh, Homer. I mean, this is what, you know, all the old forums are talking about. This is where we get full jerkass Homer in here, and it starts right away when he's bragging about getting, you know, picked first or whatever. And it, and it will snowball through, folks, but we'll just talk about <laughs> this pick-up game first there. Um a lot of stuff happened there. Willie ends up flashing them when he goes up for a little roll-up. Um, yeah, I mean, what else happens, Danny, there? I mean,
1: Well, Professor Freak shows up to say funny noises, and that's the only thing he will contribute.
0: It's very. Oh, wait, there's a nice Flubber reference. I know you're a movie buff there. Um, I've got a soft spot for Flubber. I watched it quite a bit as a kid, and um, I don't know, I just like seeing the reference there.
1: Yeah, I have no strong sentimentalities towards Flubber as a film. So when I see that here, I'm just like, Okay, sure. That's why not. wasn't even up a... that wasn't even a the pop culture reference at the time because that movie was
0: like five years old. Uh, can I have a guess? You're one of those that um, is not the biggest fan of Space Jam either.
1: I am not. I very much dislike Space Jam. Looney Tunes back in action was a superior film in every regard.
0: I, I will say, um, and be aware, folks. We're going to talk about many different things, uh, other than this episode. There, it will get us through. <laughs> it will ease the pain, but um. I've watched back, um, Tunes back in action, and not that it uh, holds up well, but like you say, I remember it thinking, oh, wait, this is like a lot better than I remember it being, and especially what that scene with, um, Scooby Doo and, um, that voice actor.
1: Oh, yeah, where scene. he oh, actually meets Matthew Lillard. A joke I never yes. understood as a kid, and I watch that <laughs> film now, and I think that is brilliant.
0: What kind of performance do you call that? You made me sound like a total space cadet, man! I'm sorry
1: if you're the way, I was just, I was trying to be real to your character.
0: If you like goof on me in the sequel, I'm coming after you! Yeah, and I'll give you a Scooby Snack. Well, okay then. Why doesn't Space Jam do it for you? Because, I mean, it's, you know, pop culture, the film, pretty much, uh, for the 90s. It's true,
1: but that's also because Space Jam was a film literally based on an advert. There is there's no salt there. It's a horrible adaptation of Looney Tunes as a property. Michael Jordan is a terrible actor. Bill Murray literally he comes in as a cash grab, even admitting it in the film. And you know you know <laughs> the old stereotype type of, Oh, if we admit we're being bad, then that means we're not bad. Yeah,
0: if you lampshade it. Now during this pickup basketball game, now comic book guys there, um, you know what more obscure media or Disney or whatever. What's that little character on Comic Book Guy's um front Because I don't know if it's America from an American tale or it looks Disney-ish. I'm trying to decipher what character it could be, Danny.
1: Hold on, I'm going to have to look this up because I don't remember anything on his t-shirt.
0: It looks like a little bear and it's wearing, like, um, airplane goggles and a helmet. So I'm just trying to decipher what kind of, uh, Disney VHS film that would have been from. A bear with goggles. Is that Tailspin? That Ooh, you know what? It could be Tailspin.
1: Yeah, that doesn't have anything to do with basketball, but that's all I can think of. And I can't find an image yeah. online of this.
0: Yeah, I'm guessing it's within Combat Guy's character to, you know, wear one of his, you know, pop culture shirts there to um one of his um limited physical activities of the day there. So we have the game start up then we have Rainier Wolfcastle um kicking off this game there saying, Oh, you know, glad you're all here, but you know, as soon as you all leave I'll be tearing this place down and I'll make it my own sort of green complex there where I'll just what start a sport where I hunt the rarest game of all, man. All right, off you go. Rainier
1: Wolfcastle is one of those characters they really fell in love with, had, having him interact with the Simpsons in the teenage years, didn't they?
0: They did. Um, they definitely liked him, um, using him a hell of a lot more, and they they seem to drop a few more ca- uh, tertiary characters. Can't think who, but um, I, I mean, I don't mind him. He doesn't rank highly, but they always seem to write fairly good dialogue and um, good jokes for him, and they even have him chase uh, Lenny off when he's literally taking his born going home.
1: He's a good character to fall back
0: on because he does just have a naturally funny voice. So we're back on the old stereotypes again there um, with Homer doing and I'm not going um, <laughs> to I'm not going to re-say um, what he said there. He believes that Carl can fly there, you know, he's going to dunk on him and Carl very rightly says, oh why do people think I'm good at basketball just because I'm black and then he does a massive space jam type move, turn and dunk and slam and then he comes out with all these catchphrases, it's my birthday, oh, you go, baby, and all that. I mean, was this, I'm guessing this was better than what Bart went through there, but what's the joke then? Because it's an obvious misdirect there, but then he's living up to a stereotype, maybe? Help me out, Danny.
1: It is quite a confused joke, which you can probably say that about most of this episode. I think they're trying to subvert expectations twice. They do... They do enjoy doing a lot of the... I don't even know if they would qualify as screw-the-audience jokes. But you'll see it several times in the episode as we go through, is they set up something very obvious, and then we'll follow through with the obvious thing. As if it was so obvious that it's not obvious, that it's obvious, if you get what I'm going with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, they'd go for the misdirect, but then it's just an actual normal direct there, um... Yeah, they did that a lot in these 11s and 12s there, and a lot of, like you say, oh, if we lampshade the joke because we know it's shite, then it's not shite, but that doesn't really work.
1: Also, I've looked up the clip online. I think it's supposed to be Muttley from Wacky Races on Comic Book Guy's Top.
0: Oh, that makes sense, yeah. Oh, I can see it now. Yeah, catch the pigeon. They've gone down. Our homers team are, you know, down by a few points and such, so, um, you know, he rallies them. Um, now, say this, folks, um, I didn't I only laughed once properly and it's my only um favourite moment of the episode but I'll put in where I smiled and I thought, that's alright. So this is one of those moments where Homer's given his team a pep talk there and does his little whisper, doesn't he, Danny? You know, uh, Homer, you get over there. No, I'm not going over there. Oh, yes, you will. You're going to listen to me, you son of a. I, I, You know what? I smiled, Danny. I'll give him that. I smiled.
1: It's an innocent enough moment. So I can understand that.
0: But it gives me an absolute opportune time um, to talk about the last dance there with, you know, Homer and his Michael Jordan sort of situation here. You know, it makes me think, you know, is he going to take his anger out on Skinner there? You know, is he going to make it personal? And, you know, admit that, like, these motherfuckers are just pussyfooting around. If they want to win games and championships, they've got to deal with shit. Now, have you ever watched the last dance, Danny?
1: Uh, I'm afraid I have not. I've heard a lot of good things about it. I'll probably watch it at some point, but as for right now, the
0: history and career of Michael Jordan is not a p-
1: topic that particularly interests me.
0: Ah right. Um I won't give too much away, but um if you're looking at it nutshelly, um a lot of it deals with um, you know, is it right to pick on people, you know, if the rewards there and the and the money and the championships there. Does it cancel so out the two? I mean I'm sure there's many parallels with it in um quidditch but maybe not as extreme
1: yeah that's what i'm trying to think there's not often as much on the line in quidditch but i do very much understand and how the adrenaline of a match can really get to your head and that is the only focus that you can think on which i'm going to be honest i don't think is what's going on in homer's mind i think he just wants to score a point
0: because he thinks it'll look cool oh absolutely and we have um you know mo and skinner there very much as um pippin and rodman Skinner with a very laboured kind of, you know, oh my, I must tie up my shoe. And then Homer's ready to give his little airman there, to give his little Jordan big dunk on him there. And he gets his foot snagged in, but he's all right. And then what happens, Danny?
1: And then all of a sudden the entire frame falls down and smashes right on his knee, which I'm going to be honest, I don't know why, but it looks incredibly painful in the episode. I think it's the sound effects they use. Tola gets injured a lot, but this is one of the few ones that actually makes me kind of wince.
0: Oh yeah, I can definitely see why, because I think it's just the angle of his knee, it's um dropped on the indent of his knee and you see the glass smash around it, so I'd probably say a bit of anxiety is like, Oh it's smashed, oh is it like is it gonna go on and are they gonna show blood? So Oh yeah, like, I can definitely see people and yourself wincing at this. By all means,
1: and also his injury being a torn ligament in the knee, which oh boy, do I relate to.
0: Oh yeah, you've uh, been through the wars yourself, there, Danny. I won't say give us a you know whole medical wrap sheet there for you, but give us your experience of your um, ligament injury. You know,
1: it's something that doesn't really go away. Not because it was necessarily as bad as you know a basketball as falling down on a basketball frame, but. Most because I'm bad at taking care of myself, and it gets retorn a lot.
0: Now, was this from a tackle, or was this just, um, you know...
1: I'm gonna- I'm gonna level with you, Tyler. How this injury came about is incredibly humiliating.
0: Alright, I won't- I won't dive in too much if the if, um, it's like... If the embarrassment outweighs the actual pain. The oh, physical pain. Oh, sadly
1: it's not even, like, funny or exciting humiliating, it's just the stupidest thing. Let your imaginations wander.
0: Homer's in the general hospital now, he's with Hibbert, and he's saying, right, it's a torn ligament there, how the hell did you do it? And Homer's just trying to coax any kind of drug, any kind of morphine out of him there. And And Dr. Hibbert Hibbert just goes along with it for no reason. I do kind of like that. He complies, and he gets him off his eyeballs, and then we get, um, I'll give them this, it's a nice animation sequence, you have Homer on a court all by himself, and he just Superman's all the way up into the sky. We even see the moon um, with bad um, animation dub lip-syncing there, saying, you go, Homer. And he's just all over the place, busy rooting him on. And he dunks on um, Saturn. And then we have um, uh, George Jetson there just ram into his knee. And he even gives a bit of a Jetson. And that's um, yeah, that's how he tore his ligament, apparently.
1: I don't know what it is, but I'm very glad with how short the sequence is. It's it. it could, they've done a lot of these type of fantasy sequences before, and they always go on for far too long in my mind, even during the classic seasons. If I'm honest.
0: Oh, which um sort of classic cutaway or dream sequence do you think's a bit long? Oh, tell me, tell me it's not like Land of Chocolate. No,
1: no, it's. I'm thinking more like in oh, a phew. in Lisa's pony, when they have that. Uh, what is it that they parody in there? But when Homer is so
0: exhausted. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, with a little "Goodbye" song in the back.
1: Yeah, can't remember what that was a parody of, but every time I see that segment, it always goes on too long. Even so in like a like last exit to Springfield when Lisa goes under the gas and starts having all the Beatle references, they're, they're just—it's just the type of sequence that's never done anything for me. So I'm glad the one in this episode only lasts for a few seconds. Because if if I think they're bad in classic episodes, then my god, it would be so horrible here.
0: But we have Homer going under the knife now and, you know, how many times is our father going to go through this and Marge with uh, again, another stellar line folks, you know, ah, you know, one more and I get a free hysterectomy. I don't want to think about Marge getting a hysterectomy writers, for the love of God. I mean, did this, I mean, didn't stick in my crawl, but I I don't want to think of that visual Danny and the put it in my goddamn head. It is another one of the easy jokes like we've
1: talked about the whole oh well, oh we come here so often we come here one more time we get a free blank. It's a joke that every franchise has told
0: that it's just not funny. It's such a dead joke at this point. Even in the year 2000 it was a dead joke. Homer's um out of surgery now he's in the wheelchair and Hibbert now you know number 2 folks this made me smile but not the uh, joke that follows it. But you have Homer come out on the wheelchair and he goes, oh, you know, everything's fine with his spinal injury. Wait, what spinal injury? Oh, he fell off the gurney. Yeah, and that gives a little guilty smile.
1: That did get like a, a, a small chuckle out of me. That is a funny moment.
0: But Yeah, you're looking at about what, four weeks, a month or so, and he should be right as rain. Um, but, you know, he's got this massive hospital bill there. You know, you shouldn't have had all those um hospital haircuts and porno films. Um, What was the title of that porno, Danny? I genuinely... It slipped in my mind.
1: Oh, God, I'm forgetting as well. Give me a second.
0: Oh, you know what? Dr. Little. That was it. Yeah, sure. Why not? Seemed, seemed like a delightful romp there, Danny. But as Homer's, you know, admitting, you know, we're an honourable family, we're not going to shut these bills... Ugh. Doldrums here, folks. Oh, look. A bear. And then he goes to run. And the only reason why this made me smile, Danny, um, is because this exact injury and how this wrestler fell... Fell like Homer here and tore his quad. So Homer just re-tears his ligament again and is suffering in pain. The family looks sad. I look sad as well. And then fucking Bear comes on and is confused with what's going to happen. What a way to end an act, Danny. Again, it looked, it looks very painful. When he falls over, it makes me wince. but always, But also what sticks out to me is... It doesn't even look like a bear. It looks like someone in a bear costume. Yeah, it's too um it seems too loose around the armpits like how they've drawn it and that. You're right.
1: It just it just raises too many questions.
0: Well, again like you said this is another one of those um oh, you know, we're going to go for the misdirect and oh no, we'll go back to the direct there, but like it's too I don't know, it's just not funny. It's um, too surreal for me. I mean, where do you stand on you know, your surreal humour and that, Danny, because I don't think it worked well here to end it, to end that.
1: The Simpsons does like to go by its a rubber band logic. They can stretch it out as much as they want, but it does eventually go back to a solid form. But usually it's more consistent within the episode if they'll stick to this sort of more cartoonish approach all the way through it. Because I can imagine them doing this joke in another episode where it is all cartoony and goes for a lot more of a, an exaggerated reality. But this episode is more so grounded, so it it really doesn't
0: fit the tone. Homer's now housebound, you know. I'm not. I'm too good for this, Danny. But I could very easily write a shite tweet or a shite BuzzFeed article saying, "Did the Simpsons predict lockdown?" As Homer's um in a wheelchair there and not being able to see his friends, did they predict um lockdown, Danny? God, you know, I saw someone unironically post that on Facebook the other day with um. I oh, tell me it wasn't this exact scene.
1: No, they showed the clip from the Simpsons movie of the Dome going over the city, and someone just, ca- oh, and it was and someone just Lester. captured it captured Leicester, yeah. saying, like, did the Simpsons predict Lester?" <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a fucking dumb caption. How
0: long do you think it's going to be before the Simpsons themselves
1: make a joke in the show about them predicting things?
0: Oh, I'm sure it'll happen either the season just gone or within the last remnants while they're still pumping out money to Fox there. Did you see, whilst we're on the topic, did you see, um... They reference their own meme. Um, yes, in one with the
1: with the bush. Yes. Yeah, and as soon as they do that, that's that's as soon as everyone stops doing it. A Simpsons meme appearing on The Simpsons It's basically like any time a meme appears on Ellen. As soon as it happens, everyone in- instantly
0: goes, "All right, that's not funny anymore." Oh yeah, that's a that is tell you what, Danny, that's a nice witness test there. You know, um, and what's a good witness test as well is. Ellen, um hanging out with war criminals as well.
1: <laughs> Thankfully, The Simpsons has yet to hang out with a war criminal.
0: Although Tony Blair, I don't know. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> One of the, again another moment that did cause me to crack a smile was having um, Homer's typical barfly and his workmates there just running around outside like kids. You have Lenny with the old um, like Victorian stick and wheel. You have Carl giving a proper boingy boingy on the um. Pogo stick, and Barney likes something straight out of Dennis the Menace.
1: <laughs> boogie, 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 boogie,
0: boogie. Mrs. Simpson, can Homer come out and play? Homer oh, won't be able to play for a long time. Mm. Could you make me some jello? You show sure, Barney Gumble?
1: It is another wholesome moment. Whereas one of these
0: shows that doesn't have to rely on the misery of characters
1: or stereotypes. It's just people being kind of nice and wholesome.
0: Homer's hoping to hang out with some folks, but they all come up with excuses. You know, Bart's got to be somewhere. Lisa just can't be arsed. And so Grandpa realises he's in a powerful situation for once, you know. Now I'm the hit young dude and you're the old Phoebe in the wheelchair there. Well, um, you know, Danny, I'm sure you've got to new activities and lockdown there. Have you one for... Hitching up your pants and having a little air fiddle and being racist to a Chinese man. Oh, come on, there's lots of ways to pass the time. Hitch up your pants Air Whittle Make friends with a Chinese man.
1: Ah, uh, Mister Simpson, you weren't supposed to leave the home. Thank you, Ping Pong. My name is Craig. Sure it is. Oh, you know, it's all the rage these days.
0: <laughs> Please, um I mean Dare to walk us through what uh, Grandpa um, tells us here, Danny.
1: Grandpa, what does he do? He breaks his finger, so let's just make another Grandpa's old joke. Then an Asian man appears and he calls him Ping Pong because it's an Asian joke. This episode really does rely on a lot of these basic stereotypes and just really falls back on the easiest type of jokes they could make. They just goes, thank you, Ping Pong. My name is Craig. Like, haha.
0: Yeah, get it yeah sure it is but don't but surely it's funny danny because you know it's the old man and the old isn't it funny cuz the old man's racist just in all the fact you said it but the old man's racist isn't that funny
1: it it really doesn't feel like this is like you think back in the olden days of the simpsons well olden days this even this episode is now olden days but back with the original simpsons lineup and how clever some of those jokes would be and you can feel like every joke they probably went over several dozen times but here a lot of the jokes feel like
0: first draft material
1: where they just put a joke in here just as a placeholder and they never got
0: around to actually putting a better joke in it i feel like because obviously when they write episodes they don't write episode one two three four they will just come up with ideas folks and then we'll put it in this place order for broadcaster production and such but i don't know what happened with Al-G when Jean when he was leading this um I feel like maybe let people go a bit early, or they didn't stay late, uh, burning the candle at both ends, trying to really punch up everything. You're right, Dan. They're just stuck in lazy jokes, there, and they've not punched anything up there. And if anything, they've punched down at um other cultures there, so it shows you where the um mind's at. We have Homer um again starting to become more reprehensible, and it starts with um interspecies breeding. Then he hopes to get the cleanliness of a dog and the loyalty of a cat. And he just forcefully puts them in a bag to let nature take its course, Danny, with a bit of um Martin Gay, Marvin Gaye in the background. Um but no they just claw each other and they just run out the window. We have Flanders come through as the pets, you know, escape the living room and he needs a babysit because he's going to a Christian rock concert there when it's you know it's actually um Chris Rock concert live and concert there. And so, Homer ends up, you know, begrudgingly doing it, so... um, And the kids seem to have a good time. They just basically have sweets, sandwiches and that. And then let them curse in front, because, you know, oh, Daddy's not around there, so do whatever the hell you want. Jesus, talk about another thing that's aged like milk. We get a Bill Cosby impersonation here, don't we, Danny?
1: Yeah, we were saying in earlier,
0: Bill Cosby's kind of a weird one for us, because...
1: He he was famous before our time, so we know him entirely through pop culture parodies of him, rather than the actual anything Cosby
0: related. Oh yeah, I mean it's very much the same for me, which is I'll tell you what, it's shite now and obviously Cosby deservedly rotten jail and that. But no one's gonna be doing Cosby impressions and another thing that made me smile, folks, just about is just the sheer odd noises that get um Cosby to do. I don't know if it's Shearer or Castle are doing it, but just you know, the Pokemon with the problem. Now <laughs> On the bright side, at if... least
1: these Pokemon references will always be welcome.
0: Yeah, too yeah, too right. You know, Pokemon, more like Pokemon go to the prison, Cosby. <laughs> that was so bad. Now I'd be remiss um if I didn't at least ask um Danny, could you give us a bit of a Cosby Pokemon noise.
1: What would a Cosby Pokemon? You mean like in the episode?
0: Yeah, like when he goes off on the kids.
1: Like, oh, I always like hey, Pokemon. What with the wigging and the zapping and the word. I but I just realised it's basically the exact same joke with Professor Frank.
0: Oh, it is. Oh, you've yeah, you've opened my third eye there. Wow, it's um, God, that's borrowing a lot there. It's copy and pasting. To
1: copy and pasting from the same episode.
0: Flanders comes back now, and you know he's terrified. You know. He had no idea that, you know, one preacher could say MF <laughs> so, so many times. But, you know, Rod and Todd love it there. They're saying, oh, we wish you could do it all the time there. And Homer, because, you know, we can't have a good thing, you know. He's been ever so spiteful saying, oh, yeah, you know, what if, you know, what if I am doing a, you know, child care agency? What, you are? Yeah, well, I'll do it just to see that look on your face there. And that's where we go into the second act. Again, the jerk-ass ball of Homer... Is just going to roll on through there. Now, this is a lot of... um, This is getting a lot quicker now, folks, but they've spent a lot of time, you know, on those poor jokes and racist jokes there. So, now, Homer's opened up a daycare nursery fully, but it's in Marge's name, you know. It's only done for, you know, tax purposes. And so, you know, I'm in the clear. Very Joe Exotic of him there. Very Tiger King. Talk about other documentary series there. He's really covering his tracks now, um... I don't know if he's going to feed anyone to tigers and that, or if he's going to try and, <laughs> I don't know, um, assassinate that woman that um, had Maggie in the nursery that one time, but I don't know what his plans are going to be here. Oh my God, did Simpsons predict Tiger King? They're right themselves, don't they, Danny? I'll happily cut you in on 50% of the RTs and the favourites. <laughs>
1: yeah, when you've got this many seasons of television,
0: you can find these anywhere. But the kids seem to you know enjoy it for the most part, and the business is growing. I tell you what, folks. I rewatched this. I definitely skipped um, the part where Homer reveals um, how his um scabby leg's going, and then it grows over Ralph's hand. I know it grows over his hand from seared memory in the deep recess of my mind. Now, did you rewatch this part, Danny? Um, was this too far for you? Because I can't deal with these major gross Simpsons moments, like you know Homer and the eyeball. Or, you know, when his eyes cross over after laser surgery.
1: Technically, I think this might end up being the most memorable part of the episode for me. Because I do think of this moment quite often. Like earlier this year, I got a bad scab on my knee from falling over. And as it was growing, all I could think was was Homer going, It knows you're afraid. I don't think it's the the goriest image. One that always stuck out to me as very upsetting is, um... I think it's season 9 where Homer gets the grease vacuum stuck to his eyeball, and then it yeah. starts gouging out.
0: Pops a bit, and oh, that's an utter no for me, good God. So we have Homer, you know, his knee's fully healed up now, but he's going to continue with the daycare nursery, because, you know, he gets so much um, validation and love off these kids, he loves doing it. He's even starting to, you know, um, betray uh, Bart and Lisa and his own dad duties for them, you know, because he's getting distracted with all these kids, and their laughing at his jokes, they're peeking his boo there, and um, singing via Torchlight. Again, this didn't land with me at all. Do you even know what the song is, Danny?
1: No, completely goes over my head. Honestly, I forget most of what happens with the whole Homer daycare situation, because it's a very unfocused episode and you don't really get, you don't get that much of him even taking care of the kids, or even get that many jokes out of it.
0: It's a uh old 50-60 like song by Peggy Lee and it's based on um, her dad um, ended up saving her from a burning house and then she was outside the house as it burnt down and she asked herself is that all there is to life so lovely that's what you want to think about there whilst you're um, playing with children is that all there is is that- If that's all there is, my friend, then let's keep dancing. Homer's being a very neglectful father, not paying any sort of attention to his kids, but continuing with the nursery as you do, and even you know the kids saying, "Oh, your dad's the best, you know. Look at what he did for me, and you know he's so cool." But Bart's trying to, you know, put over that. No, this is not the right side of Homer. you're scene—that's not the true side. It's all. Burping and neglect, and a smile moment here for myself. Um, the tattoo that um, Homer gave Milhouse. Look at the absolute state of it, Danny. Uh,
1: something about Milhouse in this
0: episode really rubs me the wrong way. Oh, why is that? Uh,
1: I'm not a fan of cocky Milhouse. Milhouse should not be feeling good about himself. He should always be the butt of the joke.
0: Always. You don't like seeing a little bit of a semi change now and then? Or at least, you know, he thinks he's cool, but he's got this um, you know, shite um, drawing on Ho- uh, from Homer here.
1: It goes along with where he thinks he's better than Bart, like, outside of this episode no one sticks in my head as um homie the clown when Homer as Krusty goes to Milhouse's birthday party and Milhouse is trying to show off to him, saying like see, I got the real Krusty at my party. All I can think is, man, where's Nelson to
0: give this guy a wedgie?
1: Stop having a good time, Milhouse, you don't deserve it.
0: Bart and Lisa are sick of this, they try and gently remind Homer of you know, how much joy they bring to his life, so they end up rolling down a skateboard with a little package there, hits Homer in the foot, and he gets to see, you know, a photo of just them together, you know, precious memories. And he uses this, you know, oh this is a perfect frame for my uh, <laughs> agency certificate. And he sticks it in there and the you know the family Bart and Lisa are absolutely crestfallen. That's how we end this second act there, with um seven minutes forty nine minutes to go. Surely they can't drag it out even more. Again, a rare moment that made me smile. That one of the few things that sticks in my head when I think of this episode, Danny. With you, it's the scabby knee. For me, it's the um, the very dangerous um, rocking treehouse there, as the kids go from back and forth, back and forth, as Homer jumps out. Hang on, everybody! Three, two, one, let's go! <laughs> Tremendous! WHERE'S RALPH? I ALMOST DIED!
1: And then, Ralph nearly gets impaled, which, as I was thinking, we were watching this episode. It's quite funny, because then, in a later of Horror episode, Police Chief Wiggum would then die that
0: way. Homer's, um, you know, he's getting the note right of being, you know, the greatest man in Springfield, the kindest heart in Springfield. He's a good guy now, you know, no need to see the, you know, the negligent, abusive side. So he has a camera crew following him around now. This is the final straw because they're having the Teamsters stay in Bart and Lisa's room there. Homer's trodden on his kids because he thinks they you know a link of cable. And they're even making a little sweatshop there with velvet hearts that Homer happily gives to his, his uh, other, quote, uh, children from the nursery. Because, you know, I love these kids and they love me. And that's a symbol. And so Bart and Lisa, they're going, full, they're going whole hog now. They're going fully in, full chips in, you know, we've got to humiliate them now, you know, we'll show them the real Homer. And then they laugh evilly. I'm on side with Bart and Lisa. Why do they make the choice to have them, like, laugh evilly? It's not an evil plan, but it's making me think they're twisted now. I don't like it, Danny.
1: Yeah, I'm not a fan of how this conflict is portrayed, mostly with the fact that it's fine when Homer is being a bad parent by accident mostly through neglect rather than anything but there are several moments in this episode like him having a fucking sweatshop run by his kids that's that feels far too far too sinister for it to not actually
0: get properly referenced and i don't think it helps the episode as a whole so we're at the good guy awards now (sighs) talk about things that didn't need to be in this. Yeah, what
1: a stupid setup.
0: Do you know what the previous uh, idea for this um, episode was going to be? No, I do not. Well, initially, you know, the skeleton's there. Homer ends up you know, getting the nursery and that and gets involved with you know kids and that and looking after them. But the final third act was um going to have Ron Howard guest star again.
1: Yes, I did hear about that.
0: Yeah, and they were going to try and have him guest star on like a is gladiatorial um you know motion picture there, uh, but that just didn't seem to. Uh, Fruition that didn't seem to happen, so they just went with um you know, this final third actor anyway. But this just dragged on for me. Didn't find any of this funny. Even the um you know uh, who's the biggest doormat or so the kindest heart or whatever. And it's Ned Flanders um, Skinner who's having minor surgery. Brilliant stuff for that clearly. Uh, and uh, Mother Teresa, but it goes to Seymour Skinner, and none of them are happy nothing landed for me here danny do
1: you think he's having minor surgery cuz homer stepped on his back earlier in the episode
0: see in all 26 years now you're the only one that's pieced that together for me i that makes a lot more sense now i mean it's not funny but it's continuity so respect all the respect to you danny not so much um the team <laughs> who did this thank
1: you uh this the scene does in you know, his uh Okay, okay for me. I do inv- I do enjoy seeing uh, episodes and stories that get a lot of the Springfield community together. Even here, this is like a like we've talked about where they go for the misdirect, but then go for the obvious joke. Like when he had like what they're sponsored by that hypnodisc thing, and they just go, "If you find a better hypnodisc, buy it."
0: It just seemed like the jokes within the good guy presentations went on a bit too long. Like when you're talking about. Your fantasy sequence uh, there, your critique of that. Just having Krusty troubleshoot, you know, the online viewers how to get past it, or Mr. Teeny writing stuff just went on too long. Like, they knew, okay, we'll fill a bit of time here. It's not quite Conway Twitty, but, like, it's not good.
1: I don't know. When they could have waited Mr. Teenie on the typewriter, I thought it was quite bold to put the actual writing team of the show on camera. ha
0: ha ha. Oh, well, it was the burst of times, clearly, Danny. <laughs> uh-huh. Turns out, you know, Homer, of course, you know, he wins the main award, the good guy of the year. And they even run a little promo here, a little uh, VT. We have, you know, what the camera crew's been catching up on the whole time, you know, enjoying time with the kids there, a bit of tug of war, bit of, you know, um, family love and such. And, you know, I guess you could say Homer's a big phony, and the kids cut in there. And it turns out they've um, managed to access the tape and cut in their own recordings. But is this from their own personal camera? Because the gambling scene homeworks right at this camera with his good hand and then loses it. I'm assuming it's a home camera because why would the good guys document this father gambling away his baby?
1: And also has multiple cuts in it. Like, who is filming this segment? I know we're definitely overthinking this, but yeah. All I could think during this was like, how did they get this footage? Who's just filming Bart being chased down the street with Homer and a mace?
0: I'll make you good. Ah! That is completely taken out of context. That's one of the few things I actually remember from this episode as well. Not even from this episode, they used it in the last, the final clip show they ever did. You know, uh, yeah, the dump roast.
1: Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. I first saw that clip in that episode, not this one. So, the
0: jig is up now. Homer's completely exposed. Um, And he'll get cancelled after this, folks, because Homer kidnaps children. There's no other way to say it. And looking back on it now, like... And it's still the funniest part of this episode. My favourite moment of the episode, folks. But it's just... um, Not that it's not aged well, but... It's just the literal fact that Homer is um kidnapped these children.
1: And then for some reason they reference the
0: frosty chocolate milkshakes again. Maybe when Homer goes into sheer lunacy and that mental mind spaces and he just goes back, reverts to season one. Doesn't go with the voice though. Yeah, they usually they usually save
1: that line for when they're intentionally referencing early Simpsons. Here they just throw it in randomly.
0: Arnie Pie, he's the favourite part of this episode for me. And and Kent as well, obviously, the dynamic they've got. The few times you ever see it in the series, um, but it is brilliant. An award ceremony erupted in kidnapping tonight as alleged good guy Homer Simpson absconded with several children in a stolen paddy wagon. Now let's go to Arnie Pie in the sky. I can see them right below me. I'm going to try to nail the driver with one of my shoes. Arnie, please leave this to the police. I'm sick of being a reporter. I want to make the news. Arnie, this is not the time. You're not the time, Kent. You're not the time. The bit where I properly chuckled is just Kent, very matter of fact, saying, you know, the good guy ceremony has become a sham, and now a man has kidnapped these children there. And we have Arnie Pye and hot pursuit in chasing the stolen police wagon. Um, he's gonna try and stop him with his shoe, Danny. Oh,
1: Arnie Pye is one of those characters I do kind of love. Especially later on in the series where they do, it just got a lot more aggressive with him as they went along and throw in this weird rivalry between him and Kent Brockman. Which also, did you notice in this episode? It shows that it has that shot of Homer putting all the kids in the van and then just pans over to Kent Brockman six feet away. Just watching it happen.
0: Well, hell, if he stops it, Danny, there's no proper news for him there.
1: Oh, it is strange how blasé everyone is about this whole thing. Even the kids, they all seem just kind of go along with it.
0: And I kind of like it. This is the main part that I enjoyed there. And just the willingness of the kids to go along. Arnie getting into, you know, um, political um, backstage politic issues with uh, Kent live on the broadcast. Even when he's getting aggressive and cutting his throat saying, You're not at the time, Kent! You're not at the time, you get to see the um, helicopter pilot shit himself, and be like, Oh, who am I with here?
1: I've, I've never noticed that before.
0: Homer's saying, You know, Oh, where are we going, Mr. Simpson? What? Going to jail? Well, make left them and bang, um, you know, misses the county jail straight into a tree. And we get live footage, Danny, breaking news from Channel 6 copter. And we get to see Homer just struggle around and. Arnie's commentary makes this there. Um, what does Homer try and do? What happens?
1: Tries to climb over the fence, but that doesn't work. Tries to dig a hole, but that doesn't work. And then eventually gets stuck in the drain. But was this was this a Cops reference? Because for a sudden shift in style, they were, they were very much referencing... It feels like, you know, all those Cops TV shows from back in the 2000s. well
0: maybe it's... Um, with the actual wagon chase, it's a tiny bit OJ Simpson just from the angle. Oh, maybe. When he was on the motorway with the Bronco. Yeah, that makes but a lot of sense. I feel that's quite commonly used, but yeah, no, totally. I can see it's a cops or a police procedural. And I mean, just the final couple of lines with um and Gun, Arnie, Arnie, please, are the children okay? I can't, can't see through metal. Cats. Cats. <laughs> He's trying to climb over the fence. Now he's realizing he's too fat. He's digging a hole like a dog. Now he's given up on that and he's running back and forth. He's climbing into a pipe and he seems to be stuck. His legs are dangling in a comical fashion. Oh, it's the saddest thing I've ever seen. Arnie, Arnie, how are the children? I can't see through metal, Kent. All right, fatty,
1: out of the pipe. We really don't give Arnie Pie enough credit as a
0: character. No, everyone please give Arnie Pie more love as um, Wigan meme goes, alright Fanny, another pipe.
1: I can't think of a more passive aggressive
0: insult than saying Arnie Pie, the MVP of
1: season 12.
0: <laughs> well, god damn, it's virtually true at this point from the um, shit we've had to <laughs> deal with throughout. But is Homer going to get put down for the, you know, the child stealing um, abuser that he is?
1: No, because we only have 90 seconds of the
0: episode left, so let's just say three trials later. Yeah, we've got to wrap it up now, folks. So um, Homer, very nonchalantly, just goes, Oh, kids, you know, what was the wrong? Is it because, you know, uh, completely disregarded you and ended up pushing love onto the other kids? And they're like, yeah, pretty much. Well, never again. Uh, let's make a teamster joke about the buffet. And we're out here now, folks. Piss-poor ending Danny. Piss-poor.
1: Yeah, that was such an engaging conflict. The drama between Homer and his kids to then just get wrapped, wrapped up. So signal with him learning his lesson after putting his children in a sweatshop and they respond by publicly humiliating him and <laughs> nearly sending him to jail. And they all just kind of go,
0: okay, we've all learned our lesson here.
1: Uh, it's so lazy. Yep,
0: yeah, and that's how we end it, folks. I'm not gonna keep going on too long because we've already spent a bit too much time uh reviewing this um dead carcass if you will. So I'll go with my um final thoughts, my unique rating out of five. Um I mean it's just um you know, it's dead, it's subpar, it's moribund, any other adjectives for poor pretty much. I've already said it, not gonna spend my oxygen on it more. Uh first ever. Point five out of five. Arnie Pie's the absolute MVP. Then we, funny part of the episode. Danny, please, your final thoughts and rating.
1: Uh, honestly, I, I don't think it's that horrible an episode. It's mostly passive. It feels like conceptually, it's not that bad. Like like we said, Arnie Pie is a great addition to it, and I, I just feel like a few more rewrites could have actually got a quite a good episode out of this story. So, I'd probably just sell with like maybe a two out of five.
0: Would you go two out of five, um, Arnie Pies? Um,
1: <laughs> two pies and five skies.
0: Ah, perfect. Um, I guess you know, I'm giving it the lowest of ratings, but even I've got to go unique, so I'll go a 0.5 out of five, um, uh oh, scabby knees. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's have a pawn that random episode generator and see what comes out next. <laughs> Get ready to go on a madcap adventure for that art tontine teen where you'll be rich, rich as Nazis. Yes, that's right, we're going to season 7 for Raging Abe Simpson and his grumbling grandson in the Curse of the Flying Hellfish. Whew, all in one. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a 5-star written review on iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Uncle Moe's Family Feedback Podcast, and the same on Twitter as well, at Tyler TMC, or search Uncle Moe's Family Feedback Podcast. Take care, folks. Come to Uncle Mose for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good.